Welcome back to My Therapist Said. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. And thanks everyone for sending us questions. Yeah, thank you. That was really cool. That was really cool. Um, I think we wanted to start today because we're both kind of thinking about our friendships. Yeah. And we were kind of discussing this morning how I felt like kind of in the middle of a friendship that is probably going to end. Yeah, we're just kind of discussing um, how in your 20s also, or I guess not only in your 20s, generally friendships change and kind of you grow apart with some friends or you make new friends and how it's quite interesting how that happens. I think it's really hard when you have a friend that you've had for a very, very long time because you have this thought, especially when you're teenagers, that we're going to be friends forever and this is my best friend. Mm. And we're when we're, I don't know, when we're old and when we're married, our kids mm. will be friends and we'll live near each other. But I think you both grow up a lot of the times and you grow up in different ways. Like you're not necessarily both going to develop in the same way. Yeah, as you said, I think there is definitely some pressure always in our heads that just because you've been friends with someone for a long time, you feel like you will always be friends. But like in any relationship, you know, stuff happens and um, it doesn't mean that anything bad has to happen. Of course, that also happens. But I think most of the times it's just that you grow apart, just like in a relationship, really. And for me, I've noticed it over the last few years where I feel like especially when you get more into the field in which you are working or in which you are going to work or studying and automatically I feel like a lot of your values surround that field. And I just noticed that a lot of my my values started to differ from my close friends values and that we just kind of drifted apart. And as I said, that doesn't mean that anything bad happens because there's always going to be a common thing. Like, just if even if it's memories that you share together, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a certain bond. But yeah, as you said before, it doesn't mean that you will be best friends for the rest of your life. I have this thought, which is, I don't know, I don't want it to come across as narcissistic or mean, but. There are some people who are still, you know, in the neighborhood where I grew up or whatever. And I feel like I kind of developed or Mm. improved. And I, I also worked hard to improve and I made choices to change my surroundings and change what I'm doing and I feel like they're kind of still there Mm. and whenever I see them I get the impression that they somehow don't want me to be doing well Mm -hmm. like somehow they're bitter or kind of jealous because I left and decided to do something else and they're still doing what we both were doing five years ago. Yeah. 
And I don't know how to deal with that because on one end, I do feel bad and then I don't want to show that that I'm happy. Like I try to downplay mm. the things that I'm excited about. But also that shouldn't be a friendship. You should be excited for your friend yeah. if they're doing new things or get to experience new things. Yeah, definitely. But I can imagine that it's like a really weird feeling. And, and then also, you feel bad. Yeah, and then you feel bad and like guilty and you're like, oh, I shouldn't. And then it becomes almost like your annoying aunt <laughs> that you have to see yeah. a few times a year. Yeah. And you just, you know, you have a relationship with them, so you need, you kind of owe it to them to see them, but it's not that yeah. fun. Yeah. That's the thing. I feel like when I look back to when I was a teenager and I made friends and new friends and stuff what i do what is very different now is back then i like went for so many like coffees with people yeah. all the time i was always hanging out with someone getting a coffee here and there and really almost um not just like consciously trying to make new friends because i thought oh it's good to have new friends you know blah 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 and now i over the last five years or something I realized that that's so dumb and I I don't want to spend time with people just to like catch up all the time you know what I mean like um, if it's a good friend of course mm -hmm. but I want to meet people I want to be friends with people where I leave the hangout or whatever we do and I feel like it gave me something yeah and it doesn't mean I have always really high expectations when I just meet someone <laughs> but I want to feel something I want to be excited to meet my friends or afterwards I want to like feel heard or like I had a lot of fun or valuable conversations or whatever and I don't want to run around from A to B to just meet people just to meet them yeah and I think part of that is when you get older you establish your own kind of set of values and beliefs but we don't really learn how to stand up for them. Mm. Like I know that I have them and I have my own opinions and what's important to me is very different than another person. But I don't think that I've gotten to the point where I only surround myself with people who I feel comfortable with those set of beliefs and values. Yeah. Like, I, I definitely haven't cut off anybody who I think doesn't respect my values. Yeah. I just think, okay, you know, we're different and we've both changed, but we still have this relationship that we need to continue. Mm. I also noticed that, that what I'm kind of growing out of, a habit that I used to have, um, that, you know, when you invite people for whatever, to hang out or very often when it's like a party or something that you feel obliged to invite mm -hmm. everyone and I really stopped doing that like a few years ago and it's quite interesting to see that people take it so personally like through the grapevine then I always hear like oh this person is pissed that they weren't invited to whatever your yeah you had three people over or something and I just see it happening and I'm like I'm, I'm sorry but I'm I'm too old to invite you just because you're somehow a part of this group or we used to hang out three years ago. Like, I'm talking people I haven't seen in a year. 
yeah. or that I see like every few months. Yeah. And I don't know how about you, but when you see that a bigger group of friends is hanging out and not like your close, close friends, but like normal friends and you're not invited, are you like pissed? Oh my God, no, I don't get that at all. See, that's what I mean. Because when I see people hanging out and I'm not invited or something, I'm never the person who's like, what the hell? How could they not think of me? I'm usually just like, hey, can I come? Like, if you really want to come. Yeah, if you really want to come. Just ask. Just ask. And also, if you see that it's just a group, it's a certain group dynamic. You know what I mean? And if you're not invited, then you're just fucking not invited. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Are you trying to tell me something? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just like, are you having a party this weekend? (laughs) Carla? Because you told me you're not doing anything. Everyone who listens can come to my party except for Lola. (laughs) Let's celebrate. (laughs) Um, No, but it's really funny that you mentioned that because... I have invited myself to parties numerous yeah, times. same. But I have to say, it's not as easy as you say. There is, there is a certain hesitation from my side. I'm always like, am I that person who just sexes them? But the thing is, I've done it. And in most cases, the people are like, oh, yeah, sure, come. Yeah, or But they... also, what else are they going to say? <laughs> They're going to be like, listen, woman, you are not invited for a reason. No, but they can say, oh, I'm sorry, it was just a few people and I don't have enough uh, glasses. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit, I'm sorry. It's not. Mm, yeah. But yeah, how did we meet, actually? How did we meet? Um, we go to the same university. Yeah, I, I, I saw- walked in and you saw me and you were just blown away yeah it was really like an angel descending from my hair was like flying (laughs) (laughs) um okay so actually i remember i really do remember i know you don't but i remember how i saw you the first time it sounds so (laughs) romantic (laughs) the first time i laid eyes on you no but actually it was really fucking funny because it was really underwhelming so for you (laughs) yes um, so it was a class in uni mm-hmm. and it was my second semester at uni. So you came not at the beginning of the year, but in the middle of the year. Yeah. And in our curriculum, we have, um, group therapy, which probably sounds really weird, but it's a class and we have group therapy and everyone sits in a circle. And I just remember Lola being there and I knew everyone, but I didn't know you. And then in the session, at some point you mentioned that you were new and you were from New York Mm -hmm. and then after a while we had a break and I just approached you and I was like hey you're from New York and I remember you seemed so bored by all (laughs) of this you were just sitting there I don't know if you were like just because also you were new and blah blah but now I also know you and I know you don't you generally you don't show emotion like that much you know what I mean? If you're just yeah, yeah I'm it was pretty, nothing crazy yeah, going on. So I'm you pretty see, monotone. Exactly. Yeah. So you're just like yeah, sure, blah blah. Yeah. And you're like okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I think we just chatted for a bit, but and then I don't know how we. I think through uni we kind of started hanging out. That's true. But our friendship has I think changed a lot too. So I th- yeah, think it's not only the way that we described it at first. I think also there are some people that you get closer with 
through some events or situations where yeah. you realize like oh i actually have a lot in common with this person or oh we... she's not only horrible <laughs> and really annoying she's not that bad <laughs> i mean <laughs> she's not the best looking but <laughs> it's, it's good to have a less a good looking friend <laughs> okay um what i also find find really interesting in friendships is that um when you have a fight with a friend it is so much more painful i feel like than with anyone else mm-hmm. you know what i mean um and i know you've also been in situations where something that friends say or do and it doesn't have to be something horrible or mean but just something that they do makes you feel really insecure but if you really get to a point in a friendship where someone shows you a blind spot of yourself which is good but it can also be so so painful okay so i know you have the situations that really hurt you but for me it's really weird i don't feel like i can think of any think i mean there's one that's really stupid okay and this just shows how ridiculous the comment can be yeah but that's the thing it's yeah. that's i mean that is generally a theory or a basic concept in psychoanalysis is that throughout your life things just happen to you and you, know, you encounter certain situations that really impact you that influence you heavily and those don't have to be objectively considered super traumatic okay so my therapist said today mm-hmm. which is like exactly about this uh, the devil is in the details yeah which is so true it's really yeah. like the smallest things that you think are completely meaningless end up be like having the biggest impact on you exactly and also why do you remember certain things from your childhood so intensely or in, not even your childhood throughout your life certain comments you know that really like haunt you yeah because okay the that. okay the comment that really hurt my feelings mm. um so i used to go out with my friend all the time we were both single and we would go out have a good time whatever talk to guys and my friend is super good looking really thank you lola but you can say <laughs> <Not> it's me <laughs> not carla not everything's about her she needs to learn um my friend is like super attractive but she always said which wasn't even true she always said um guys only talk to you like they never approach me they always talk to you mm-hmm. and then i said well i don't think that's true and then she made this comment where she said well it's just because you have nice hair anyway like it's only because you have nice hair okay and i just was thinking about this for so long that guys just talk to you because you have nice hair yeah <laughs> And I was so upset also because mm. my I was like my best friend thinks that there's nothing more to me than my hair yeah. like that's fucking crazy. Of course. And also I guess now when like, you look back cuz I'm charismatic or nice or nothing yeah. just cuz I have nice hair I was just like what does yeah. that mean? But also I guess do you now know when you look back that that that's just a projection? Because I'm sure she said that because she was feeling insecure that guys talk to you more even though she's probably I do see like, that gorgeous. it's a projection but the funny part is is that you somehow are incapable of undoing it. Yeah. 
So I still have the same insecurity. And sometimes I even look at myself and I think like, well, my face isn't attractive. It, mm. I just look good because I'm having like a good hair day. I don't know. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that is the perfect example for what we call a projective identification. Yeah. So basically what that means that a, that is a concept from psychoanalysis and it you can just think about maybe it has happened to you in some way in your life when you're listening to this. When someone says something to you and then you actually feel that way or you start to believe whatever they said and um, that person just most likely says it out of their insecurities or they want to, you know, shield themselves and so they project that onto you but you actually believe it or you feel it uh, yeah and i think it doesn't even have to be in language it's literally no, it just doesn't. how they treat you yeah and you become this person that they're kind of assigning to you exactly and i i once had that also with um with a friend where we were hanging out in a group of people and it was just fun it was chill then i think a few days later, I hung out with that friend again and they said to me, hey, and like in a really nice way, but they just said, hey, I just wanted to let you know that you were acting a bit weird in that group. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Um, and they were like, well, I just had a feeling that you were quite insecure and that you kind of um, tried to compensate compensate by being really funny and just loud and it was just a bit too much and in that moment this comment what made me so insecure and after that i couldn't hang out with that group of friends for like, like a year a year or every time i did get into that i, I felt so insecure about that yeah and that's also for me that's uh an incident I had with projective identification because I was feeling really normal in the first instance when I was hanging out with these people and just yeah what the thing that the friend said for whatever reason they said it really made me feel insecure and weird and like I was too much yeah but the crazy part is is that you rationally know yeah you know that it's not true yeah and you know that your friend must be the one who's like extremely insecure yeah but somehow it sticks and even if you tell yourself that it's not true yeah it's still in the back of your mind it is and then you get really paranoid about it and every time you're in that situation again you're like oh but i know what's actually going on especially because your friends i think are supposed to be the people that care about you and who want you to be better so in the beginning it's kind of masked by like just a friendly piece of advice mm. And then you do take it really seriously. Look, if I had been acting really over the top and I had been on fucking drugs or I don't know, and they were like, hey, listen, you were a bit too much. Then I would be like, okay, cool. Thank you for letting me know. But in that instance, I was like, come on. Like, was it that bad? Like no one else said anything. Why, also, yes. Why yes. do you need to tell no, me? No, I think that's the point. So I think like if a group of your friends has like an intervention and they tell you look you know <laughs> this was a little too much whatever we're, we're just telling you because we care yeah then it's something else but yeah. i was there in that situation you and were. you asked me 
if you were overreacting or if I noticed anything off with you and I literally n didn't notice anything. Yeah. There was nothing different about you. And yeah. I think that's where it gets strange. Yeah. If you had to do an intervention with my friends or with our friends for me, what would it be about? An intervention for you? Yes. <laughs> Let's say I come home okay. and Lola has a spare key to my my apartment, which is okay. a big mistake. Be, um, and you were standing there <laughs> and you're like, Carla, this is an intervention. It is because... Okay, Carla, I love you. I care about you. I'm just going to tell you a little bit about how I feel. Um, I don't want to enable you anymore. <laughs> but what would I... That's a good question. I so I, I can I know what mine for you would be. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait. Then my intervention, or maybe you say yours first, and I'll think about okay. it. So Lola oh, would no. come home, and I would be there with a group of let's say five people. I would be really chill, and Lola comes home, and she's like, "What guys? What's going on?" And I would be Lola. We're all here because we love you. This is an intervention. Please take a seat. Listen, Lola, you need to use more conditioner for your hair. <laughs> Excuse me? Like, your hair is beautiful, but you need to use some more conditioner. <laughs> Lola's looking at me really weirdly. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Because it's just sometimes it just looks really dry. <laughs> And I've seen it in a really like conditioned state. And you have such nice hair. Okay. And you always also complain about it being dry. That's true. So I would just be like, Lola. You need to use more conditioner. Let's intervene. <laughs> also, I didn't want to say anything like super serious. Okay, like, it's good that you went first because <laughs> you're going to change mine. Um, okay, if I had an intervention for you, I think it would be... Carla. What's this about? Oh my God. Sit down, sit down. Don't worry. Everyone's here because they love you. Can you give me a glass of wine? No alcohol tonight. So Damn now. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carla, we need you to stop having so many expectations. Hmm. Things don't have to be exciting, but you can find the excitement in the little things. <laughs> my I would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Carla, we can't live up to your expectations. <laughs> we're all struggling. <laughs> we all feel like we're, we're not good enough. Okay, it's good that we never had an intervention. Yeah, I don't think they would work much. Yeah. Do you think I need more conditioner today? No. <laughs> okay, so one more thing about insecurities in general I have had this issue lately where I feel like I'm more insecure than usual. Mm -hmm. And it's strange because usually I'm pretty confident. And especially before lately, I never really had so many doubts about myself. What is lately? Is lately like a few weeks or months? No, or? I think like a year. Okay. Um... And I've been like super down on myself and even my family notices it. I was with my brother yesterday and he was like, what is up with you? You're so 
down on yourself. You always put yourself down. And I, I didn't really notice it, but then I was talking about it and thinking about it. And I realized that all these things that I'm insecure about are still left over from my last relationship. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really undone them. And it's such small comments that my ex-boyfriend used to make to me. And usually they were in this form of a joke. Yeah. And we both laughed about it. But he used to call me stupid all the time. Really? Yeah. Like we would have a conversation and then he would laugh and he would say, well, you're just not very smart. Or he would say, I think you're kind of stupid. Okay. And... I was, o- I was always really confused when he said that to me. Mm. And I always responded genuinely interested if he really thinks that or if he's just being funny. Mm-hmm. But then he would really say, like, I think you're quite knowledgeable in what you're interested in, mm-hmm. but I think in general you're not very smart. Okay. It's really harsh. Yeah. And I kind of ignored it, and I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm not going to pay attention to this. But then there were other things, like, for example, um, he would always say, uh, why do you always look so good for your friends? And whenever you're with me, you look like shit. Which was also weird, because I... I definitely put in the same amount of effort with him and my friends. Yeah. And, and also, why does he feel the need to also just tell you these things? Like, it doesn't do anyone good, you know? Do you think it's because it made him feel better? I think he was so insecure. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I think he was really jealous of me. Mm. And he really made me feel like shit sometimes. But it was so covered up. So it was never that I could say, oh, he's being mean to me. Yeah. It was always in such a subtle way that I could never really approach it or have a conversation about it. Because every time I tried to, he would just laugh it off and say, you can't take everything so seriously. I'm just messing with you. Mm. But these little comments are still with me somehow. Mm-hmm. and I can't really get rid of them I still have them in the back of my mind because if somebody you care about so much and somebody that you respect so much like I really respected his opinion of course so I thought it was really valid and I think it's really hard to undo that it is yeah. and to tell yourself that it came from a place of jealousy or insecurity yeah but yeah i'm i'm having to make a real effort especially in the last few weeks because i only just started noticing it Mm. to really tell myself that these things are completely made up if we're speaking about like our insecurities for me it really has always been my body Mm -hmm. and the thing is the older i get the less it impacts me but it does not go away yeah you know what i mean it's it's still a huge insecurity and 
I cannot pinpoint it to one person or whatever it is. I, I have a lot of situations where I remember things that I interpreted in a certain way that played into that insecurity. But I think it's just the, the, the whole sum of everything throughout my life. Um, but yeah, it's crazy because you cannot shake it that easily. No. You really can't. And sometimes it, it scares me that I kind of forget that I have it. But then I notice that I don't want to look at myself in the mirror when I'm in my underwear or in a bikini. And I just can't. You know what I mean? And it, it's really fucked that it's like 10 years later and I still yeah. feel that way. But also I've kind of accepted it in a in a good way not saying that um i'm pitying myself for it or something but i i know that it doesn't define me and that everyone has insecurities and at least i'm aware of it and i'm not gonna beat myself up about it anymore and i guess i have to live with that Mm -hmm. for my for the rest of my life to some extent or another yeah and i think a big part of it also i have tons of I don't know, my physical insecurity is more that I'm, like, I don't know, not thin. Mm. But in general, I do like my body. But I always think that I'm just a little heavier than I'm supposed to be. So I have this obsession with losing just a little bit of weight. That's true. And it's actually really funny because it has become, like, a common joke between Lola and I, where whenever we say that something's going to happen or we're going to do something yeah. and it can be really small. We're always going to be like, okay, but first let's lose some weight. <laughs> and it's just a joke. Like we won't and we won't try or anything, but it's like things like, I don't know, we see something on the street, like someone wearing something cool. And I'm like, oh dude, we should like get that. And we're like, okay, but first let's lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bullshit. Like it's not actually a thing, but yeah, it's really stupid. And I think, mine is definitely from family they're mm. just super shallow yeah. and they're always commenting about how everyone looks um but i think a big part of it when you grow older you kind of realize that like things are bigger than yourself yes and yes you can be insecure about your body and you can let it kind of take over your mind but there's so much more to do and to deal with exactly and i think for me a way out of a lot of my insecurities was just to be like i don't have time to like focus on this one thing all the time yeah yeah and also i have many other insecurities as well that stem from other things like i'm also really insecure sometimes that I don't do the same things that my family does. Like my family is very in business and very corporate and very successful in that sense. And there, you know, that's like, I'm, when I say my family, it's my brothers and and my dad and my mom and stuff. And sometimes I feel really insecure that I don't aim for the same things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also come to just, I think you really have to just accept and weigh out also the things that then you are really secure about. Yeah. And when we come back to the physical things or the not being smart or anything, like you cannot be everything and you are very smart. <laughs> you <laughs> can't be everything. <laughs> Lola, you can be, it's no, okay. but like, you know, sometimes, no, I'm, yeah. sometimes I'm also like, there are certain things that I'm definitely not smart in, like whatsoever, for yeah. sure. And that's okay because 
there are other things that then I'm really interested in or that I'm really good at or that I'm really happy yeah. about. But it's also like, it, it's really interesting to think about if these insecurities are true. Because mm -hmm. they could be. They could be. So I was really thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, okay, so I'm ugly, let's say. Let's imagine. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. It's hard, but just, just imagine. I'm hideous. It's also funny because maybe our listeners don't know what you look like. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> um, I had a book signing last week. <laughs> no, but like, imagine you're yeah. you're hideous. Yeah. Or your body is disgusting. Yeah. Who cares? Like, it's not like your whole everything. Exactly. Like, you can still be yeah. like so successful in what you do. You can still have such meaningful relationships. And you can also still be really confident. Yeah. You know and what also, I mean? like, you can also fall in love. It has nothing to do yeah. with anything exactly but that's why these anxieties and these insecurities as you said are so irrational but everyone has them everyone and that's sometimes a scary thought but also a really comforting thought for me is that like everyone has the same insecurities at the end of the day yeah you know <laughs> i have another one that like I'm especially weird. sorry about among women i know also i'm not excluding men yeah but especially among women like when i talk to my girlfriends like everyone is insecure in their body or has something yeah insecure about and you're always like oh i'm not that special okay yeah which is shit at, in one side but also quite a comforting thought but it's crazy that, that it's what everyone thinks yeah sorry i interrupted you <laughs> Oh, yeah, I have another insecurity that I'm weird. Well, you are weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's true. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like in a group setting kind of, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, why are you so weird? Yeah, I get that. I have What's that as wrong well. With but, you? but that's interesting because that's for you, you say it's an insecurity. And for me, that's something that I'm really confident about. And that's something I really like about myself. So I like it until you make that joke. And everyone looks at you <laughs> like, what is she talking about? Yeah, but also it's not like, yeah, we are definitely weird. But I mean, again, that's, that's a, such a subjective term. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure many people listen to this and they're like, you're not weird. Yeah. So it would not be an episode with uh, without a short intermission about dating. <laughs> because, but coming back to the topic, because I had a really... Uh, a friend of mine said something really funny the other day which i thought was very true which was that um she had been on a few dates with someone and then it didn't work out okay. um but it was okay it was like three dates or something and then the guy said hey but we can still be friends oh god and this friend of mine is very straightforward yeah and she said the funniest thing to me she was like This is not on the menu. <laughs> This was never like, you know, a choice on the menu. I didn't say friends or more. And of course, it's really harsh because if you feel like there's a chemistry or whatever. But I totally get where she's coming from. So someone said the same thing to me. And my response was also like, I don't need any more friends, which is not really true. Yeah. And also, you never need friends. Friends just come into your life. I think it was more that like, I don't need him as a friend yeah and also i i do when someone says that to me it has also happened to me when someone says that i almost feel like attacked yeah i'm like who do you think you are you can just be like um hey but i'm your friend 
Also, I don't think friends should treat each other that way. <laughs> you know what I if mean? If you were my friend. Exactly. If you really were my friend, you wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's being really close-minded because I'm mm. sure that there's many people out there where great friendships have come okay. out of these things. But for me, when I rationally think about that, is that a good foundation for a friendship? I don't know. Sure. 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 But... I'm thinking about scenarios where something happened, like they actually have someone else or they were lying to you. No, I think if two people are dating and they both kind of realize Mm. that there's nothing physical between them, then it's great. Yeah, sure. The problem is the I think we should just be friends thing. I don't think it's true. And I don't think that person even wants to be friends. It's just a, yeah. It's just just a thing to say to be polite what they should say then or what even I should say I'm not like keeping myself out I'm sure you've also done it where you're like let's be friends but it's just like hey listen like you know let's not (laughs) be anything (laughs) let's just be acquaintances Acquaintances. but also of course you also always say oh let's just be friends but I don't know I've never said that because I don't want to be their friend yeah I don't know if I've said that no I think I've said it Maybe once when I was younger. And I think that is the fucked up part. Is that they say, let's just be friends. But I promise you, if you tried to have a friendship with them. Yes. They would not exactly be in it. Like, they would not be your friend. They just don't want to have any responsibility. Exactly. And they want to be like, well, you know, I did the right thing. Dude, also imagine that would be so funny if they were like, let's just be friends. And then you like start being like their friend, but like hardcore. <laughs> texting them every day like hey what's up i'm bored you want to grab a coffee yes. you want to go for a run and they're like oh my god or just like hey i need your advice so <laughs> you start like telling them all their your other dating stuff <laughs> you know, it's like ah oh, thanks for being my friend it's great but you know this happened to me when i traveled oh yeah very far to a land far away we won't say which land but um yeah it happened to me and it fucking like crushed me because it was just such a weird comment because it wasn't true Mm. and then I went back home I kind of thought okay fuck this guy forget it and then he kind of came back and was like never mind yeah and I still don't know what happened there but I think that's even more fucked up it's like People that are so anxious when somebody else is coming close that they reject you. Yes. And then when they realize that you're fine without them and that you don't need them, they kind of go back and they're like, oh, wait, she doesn't want me anymore. Mm. Now I have to start playing this game again. I don't know. It's like this dangling, like a little string. Yeah. It is really weird. I also had it a while ago that I guess I came close to someone who who then got scared of that. Mm-hmm. And then they were also like, but the funny thing is, they were like, um, I understand if you just want to be friends. And I was like, what? Where is this coming from? Yeah. I never said, like, no, I'm good, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, I'm not sure. It was just really weird. And I was like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like, I don't want to be friends. It's fine. I want to date you. Like, 
Yeah, that's. I think that's the most messed up part. Is like they want to be friends, but they want you to be in love with them. And then when they realize that you're not interested, then they go back to like the dating angle, and they're like, "Oh wait, maybe I should." Yeah. And I think at some point in the podcast, we really should have interviews with guys, like some of the yeah. guy friends, and get a male perspective. Because we're very confused. We're very confused, and also I guess we we say these statements where we're like but they do this and this and they do that and that but there's always another side to the story and they're like what wait you are the ones who do this yeah so i think that would be quite interesting for season two of <laughs> my therapist said okay so uh we come to our questions and again uh thank you for sending in some questions we chose one that we thought is quite interesting the question is do we become our parents or do we end up dating our parents? So I think we would say yes and yes. Unfortunately. Just yes. Okay, let's leave it at that. <laughs> so there's like the first aspect. Do we become our parents? We definitely do. We and I think it's do. interesting that, um, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, I think you always try to not become your parents you know you're like i was always like oh, i'm not gonna become my parents mm -hmm. and then you realize that you i mean you are your parents listen i'm no biologist but i know that i'm this pretty is, sure i'm pretty sure this is how it went down <laughs> okay so i when i was growing up i always thought my mom is so cool i wish i can be like her hmm. but then i had like this insecurity that I, I will never be that cool because she's just cooler than I will ever be. But, um, but then of course, when I became like a teenager, it was like the worst thing ever to mm. think about when people used to always stop me and say, Oh, you're so much like your mother. It's so crazy. Even the way that you move and the way that you talk. And it pissed me off so much because I think especially at that age, all you want to do is create your own identity and to be constantly compared to your mother yeah. is so frustrating because you worked so hard to kind of show everyone that you're independent. Um, but another thing that I had when I was younger, which was really a part of growing up, was whenever I did something bad because my parents were separated, My mom used to always say to me, oh, you're just like your father. Yeah, but I've heard that as well. I think everyone has heard and that. And that was like the worst insult because first of all, I was like, okay, you hate him. So that can't be a good thing. And also he was always kind of the one who was blamed for everything. And then... Especially when it got more detailed, like my mom once said to me, um, you're so manipulative, just like your father. And I, really, <laughs> and I really was like, oh my God, no, I don't want to be like that. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't think I am, but I think we do somehow, even if we're not exactly like them, we kind of live with their... Well, it's just really, if you think back, um, the time that you've spent with your family mm -hmm. generally whether you know maybe you have siblings or not 
but nothing in your life unless you grew up in like boarding school or with someone else but these are the people you spend most time of your life with if it's one parent or both parents like i've spent so much more time with my parents than with any other people on this planet mm -hmm. so it only makes sense that i adapt so much of their behavior their values their super egos or their moral and um, i think it's just engraved really really deeply in us and it's really hard to shake i don't know i have almost like the opposite opinion which is not such a learning approach mm -hmm. because with me i really didn't spend that much time with my parents my dad never like once a year and my mom also she was always working I was always with some different caregivers and then I went to boarding school and I really didn't spend that much time with them but I'm so similar to them and for me it's even more than that I think one thing is that you kind of relate to stories that you hear about them mm -hmm. especially when they say oh when I was young or when I was your age so it's a lot of fantasy and when other people describe your parents, but you just hear a lot of information about them. But I even think it must be somehow just genetic. I mean, of course it's genetic. And also it's true. It doesn't have to be learning because that's true. I was false. A lot of people don't grow up with their parents so much around. That was just from my experience. Yeah. And your mother is always your first identification. The first person you you know you see you spend time with yeah. um you have a bond with and then if the father steps in if there's someone around another caregiver whatever it's just that very 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 early attachment that just shapes us as humans and you don't even remember that yeah. that's like when you were a fucking baby and crying but it's really that you're so dependent when you're born mm -hmm. you have to cry for everything if you're hungry if you're sleepy if you're whatever shit your pants and the person who comes there's to help you in that state, there's always going to be a relationship that nothing else can like come close to. So do we date our parents? I don't know. I mean, honestly, there is, of course, some truth to Freud's theories about the Oedipal complex that you go through a stage where you are attracted to the person, uh, to the parent of the different sex and as I said before, I think because there is such a strong identification with your parents in infancy and there's such strong love for them, um, there is something in you that wishes to be, in our case, with our father or someone who kind of resembles them. And that doesn't mean 99% resembles them, but there, where there are some similarities. I think also it's not so much in the positives like you don't mm -hmm. you're not attracted to the positive things about your father but it's more that the things that you were missing or the things that made you unhappy are just very triggering for you and then you have this need to attach or fix or like redo whatever happened there yeah because i feel like as sometimes for me when i see a red flag but it's very familiar 
I have this really strong bond yeah. to the person because I think I know what this is and I need to fix it. For the first years in your life, there are certain conflicts and you try to resolve and you basically repeat them throughout your entire life, trying to resolve them and resolve them and resolve them in every relationship you have. So I guess... Yeah, the repetition compulsion. Sometimes, as we spoke about last week, I think when it comes to just overthinking, that's also a big thing when you date someone and then you also always see what you want to see. You know what I mean? If you look for similarities with your parents then of course you will also find them. Yeah. Which is not good. Well, it's the same thing that you said before. Your parents are the people who actually like teach you how to be alive. And of course, those relationships that kind of mimic the ones you had earlier are going to be the most meaningful yeah. for you or me- or feel the most like you felt when you were a child. Yeah. And of course, your first love that you ever had when you were an infant is going to be the strongest love you ever have. So when you go into relationships and when you're older, you want something that feels similar. Exactly. It's just attachment theories. Yeah. Where just the very early attachments that you make as an infant really shape your life. It doesn't mean that they always have to be the same. They're plastic, like they can change but they they are within you and they're really deeply rooted and you will always kind of search for them. But it's a really interesting question. So thank you. Thank you for the question. Yeah. And I guess we come to uh, wrap up this week's episode. So thank you for listening. Thanks for returning. And thank you for the questions again. Feel free to send us questions for next time, whenever. Anytime anytime they can really be about anything yeah and have a good day bye